Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. history is contained in the box of delights hello i'm julia rayside each episode my guest chooses a favorite tv memory to talk about today i'm joined by joel morris the comedy writer he's responsible for things like philomena kunk on tv and the ladybird books for grown-ups that, that are in everyone's toilets and he also i'm very happy to say is my husband so, Joel, you have brought today, I feel like Bagpuss, what have you brought me today to my shop? An old shoe. Hey! Oh, no, you're not supposed to know what it is. We're supposed oh, right, to, so, yeah. yeah, anyway. Um, so, this clip, I know this man is very dear to your heart. And I have to say, I sort of did watch his stuff on TV a bit, but you're older than me. Yes. Um, so, he probably just about missed me. But um, I have gone back, because there's a lot of him on YouTube. Um, and now, I'm, I have to say, is it also a good time to say that I fancy him now? Oh, that's good. That's OK, good. carry on. Talk about your clip. Yeah, this clip started turning up on threads on social media. People were sort of saying, is this the best Is this the best time shot from a documentary Things of all time? Things bubble up like that sometimes, yeah. don't they? They've always been there. They've probably been on YouTube for like seven years, but then suddenly someone finds it. And someone boom. shares it and, and it goes around. And, it, and it's a shot. It's James Burke, who was one of my heroes growing up, who's a BBC documentary maker and a BBC reporter, who uh, was one of the reporters on the moon landings for the BBC. He's yeah. basically got good pedigree. X Tomorrow's World brilliant, brilliant presenter. He is insanely intelligent. He's, he's allowed to be a 1970s science and, and thought presenter because he's got a big Professor Brainstorm head. Completely, he has. He's got that kind of the sticky-outy side hair and the bald head and the rolled-up brown shirt sleeves and the beige slacks. Yeah. Tell you, listen to me, I've read books. And he did a bunch of series, uh, starting with the one I first saw him on was because I was just about the right age to watch it, was a thing called Connections, which this is a clip from. Yeah. And in this clip, he starts off talking about thermos flasks. Oh, God, it's so brilliant. He's carrying a thermos throughout this. Yes. So which he... somehow gives the grandiose spectacle yeah. an extra element. He's got a tiny whiff, always, of the Alan Wicker Brit Abroad thing. Oh, His shows me. were condemned at the time for flying around the world. At the really? Time, yeah, at the time, what you did if you were an expert is you stood in front of a painting and went, in this painting, Caravaggio, or in front of a castle, in this castle, oh, what God. you didn't do is take the BBC's dollar and fly to Magaluf and stand there and go, <laughs> and that's why sheep in Yorkshire. And people would go, why aren't you in Yorkshire? But James Burke specialised in talking about things in expensive locations. Oh, fantastic. He, I had no idea he was a controversial figure. Yeah, he was, every review I read of him, he was one of my heroes, and every review I read of him in the, certainly in the Daily Mail when I was growing up, which is what my parents took, said, how dare he spend the licence fee like this? Brilliant, the, I love him more already. The answer was he was teaching stuff, but in this, he He's standing in front of you. can't tell what he's standing in front of. He's got a thermos flask like a little traveller. You see, all three men had understood that certain gases ignite and that the thermos flask permits you to store vast quantities of those gases safely in the frozen liquid form until you want to ignite them. At which point you take the top off the flask, the gases evaporate, you apply a light and boom. And he explains how a thermos flask works. Yeah. And then he says, a thermos flask keeps uh, substances separate and you can put in it gases and things like that. And eventually 
if you use the thermos velocity and it gets really big, it turns into this. And he steps forward and you realise he's been standing next to a rocket, a Saturn well, V a, rocket on its side. Well, it's a tracking shot, isn't it? So yeah. he's walking along. And I don't, tracking shots, again, probably weren't that common yeah. in, in old-fashioned documentaries. And he's walking along and you sort of see the USA lettering up the side. What's he standing in front and of? And as he gets to the end of it, you see the rockets and you, your brain kind of does the adding up and goes, oh my God, he's walking the length of an actual space rocket. Yeah, it's a Saturn V rocket and you suddenly realise that a Saturn V rocket is a thermos flask. It keeps things hot Just or cold. Brilliant. And if you mix the gases in the thermos flask, you mix them, it, they ignite and off you go to the moon. Kablooey! Now, two gases do that better than any other. And it was Obert's assistant who put them together most efficiently. His name was Werner von Braun. And the two gases that he released from his particular version of a thermos flask, the one lying on its side behind me now, were hydrogen and oxygen. He gets to the end of it, he goes, one of these. And you go, oh my God, yes, the thermos flask is a rocket. I hadn't thought of that. He's full of these things. And then suddenly the next cut, he is walking across in front of something in the distance. And it's very hazy, isn't it? So he's in the foreground, still brown shirt, beige slack, still <laughs> clutching the thermos flask. I'm thinking commitment to the flask. I like it. It's got it. his tea in it. It's, of course it has. Like, you know, the budget couldn't stretch to that. They flew him to fricking Houston or whatever. <laughs> and then you, you, you meet, you sort of make out in the heat haze. There's some kind of construction. Yeah. And it, then what happens? It might be. I mean, in the background, it looks like they might be building a statue or yeah, something. Yeah, it looks maybe scaffolding. Who knows? And it's on film and it's distant. It's got that grain of 70s yes. documentary film. It's very misty. And he goes, and when you mix those substances, you get this. And he points at the background. No, he turns. It's, it's, it's choreography, Joel. Oh, You've got to get it right. Yeah, he turns. He turns. He points. And the rocket ignites and launches as if At he... the very second. As if he did it with his finger, like <laughs> God <did>. in Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. And it's one of those things you go, it's one take. They're not going to go... If he says, it does piss rather than it does this <laughs> then, then shows over James <laughs> exactly you, you fucked it well done it's like, it's like he's pointed at an eclipse at the moment it happens this is going to happen once and it is just it's thrilling and then the titles roll because you can't beat that oh god it's so good if you release those two gases into a confined space with a hole at the other end of it and mix them as you do so and then set light to them you get that Destination, the moon, or Moscow. The planets, or Peking. This went round and it was, they said this is the best timed piece of footage in a documentary ever. And it's right, it is brilliant. But, but what... he underplays it and he is cool. Yeah. In that moment, holding a thermos in a brown shirt, he is the <laughs> coolest man on frickin' earth. Yeah. And Weirdly... that's when I was like, I would leave my husband for you right now. Weirdly, at that <laughs> moment, he is better than the rocket. He is. He yeah. genuinely is just standing still with his back to camera, the coolest man on the earth. He has said, this is the best thing we've ever made. Mm -hmm. And do you know who's better than that? James <laughs> effing Burke. But he just, he's cool. And he, he doesn't is. show it. What this meant to me as well is when that started going around, I went, it's my man, it's my guy, it's my guy, my favourite guy. Everyone's sharing my favourite yeah, guy. exactly. And sort of, that slight sort of, and so everyone gets into your band thing. I got yeah, slightly it belongs annoyed. to me. I, I found them first. But what I'd like to point out is that to get... Because he did a thing. Connections was like a game of consequences. Like you fold over the thing. How yeah. do you get from one thing to another? Like check those word ladder things. It's a can, brilliant idea. Can you change one thing? How ideas are connected. Yeah. And to get to that shot, I'm going to read you what happens in that Ooh, episode. It's okay. from an episode called Eat, Drink and Be Merry from Connections. You wow. can watch it on, on uh, Daddy Motion, I think. And he starts off sitting in a flat full of plastic and says, this is plastic. This is how the world of plastic is. And he goes from plastic to credit cards, to credit, to banks, to the invention of the nation state 
to mercenaries and mercenary armies to pikemen versus muskets and gunpowder to army catering because your army's got bigger to chicken recipes to food <laughs> preservation to thermos flasks to rocketry <gasps> oh yes so basically the so that's journey- why he's clutching the flask because every sh- every scene has to connect to the last one and he has said here's the story how one thing leads to another and as a kid god that's good I went oh that's the brain I want to be like and he basically invented the internet he invented the internet yes, deep dive yes. where you click 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 to links or algorithms if you like this you might also like pikes and yeah. thermos glass <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's recommending other areas but he he, he liked the butterfly mind and yes. he, he, when you're at school and you're told to concentrate on what you're concentrating on he oh, was a brilliant bored, yeah. yeah he was like a bored kid who'd gone everything's connected and and in the in the middle of it, he also seemed to have been beamed in from from the future yeah. and say things on air that at the time seemed mind blowing. And now when you look, look back on it, this is late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, there's a thing where he says where he talks about credit cards and says straight down the camera in this, what will happen when being in debt all the time is the normal way to live? Oh my god! And you go, oh, my, who told you? Who told you this? Is what know, we're how do? did he know? He's just full of little moments like that that made you go, oh. And I, just, I think oh. he's like our deep thought, isn't he? I went to see him live. He well, no, tickets. I did. I bought you tickets because I knew how much you loved him. And I was genuinely surprised to see that he was still out and about and doing stuff and just delighted. Yeah, well, he went out to the US and did lots of... I think Connections showed on PBS and they went mad for it. Yeah. It was big and epic. and Well, no one was making programmes like it over here, but they no. weren't, certainly weren't in America. Not with the ambition. I went to go and see him. So how, how old was he when you went to see him? Oh, I don't even... I, I think he's ageless. He's, he'd seen... He's Flo Benjamin, basically. He hasn't aged. Yes. He's about like 40. He saw the energy and he was talking about the internet and he's talking about oh, scarcity. And he does, he's done a Radio, Radio 4 series recently, which I recommend hugely. Oh, brilliant. It's What's it B- called? BBC Sounds. He did a, did a lecture on scarcity you can listen to on the, on the app. Just look up James Burke. And he, yes, he's done a couple of things for Radio 4 recently. He's come back. But he's a public intellectual. But he wasn't a public intellectual. He was just a TV presenter. He was an interested journalist. But an incredibly good communicator. That's yeah. why he grabbed you. But not only did he have this incredible brain, but his enthusiasm and just basic interest in things in yeah. the world around him is what he communicates so well to an but audience. He, but he also invented something that is now being completely debased, which he invented saying, I won't tell you yet, I'll tell you in a bit. Because all his programmes would start off and he'd hold up something, which led to this. And he'd hold up something, he'd go, what's that? And he'd go, oh, he'll tell me at the end. Which is a bit so like that a sort of going. It was always, but it was about TV and saying, I want to keep you watching. Yeah. And he'd set a mystery. And he, it was the, the debased version of that is coming up. Yes. And he would say, you'd never know what was going to come next. But he invented a lot of the stuff. There's a lot of reenactments in what he does, people dressing up and things like that. But I think, oddly, he's not an expert on these subjects. He's just an interested journalist. And now what's on television is that experts are not allowed to talk about ideas at any real depth. Yeah. And I think he's, I, what I love Some about Some of them him, on BBC Four are a bit. Yeah, a bit of it, but still not at the level of saying... I want to change the way you think about everything. No, that's true. It's more, yes, it's more an enthusiasm for something rather than, yeah. have you thought about it this way? Yeah. Yeah, it's a passion. There are people, who, people are allowed to their passions and you know that actually in private when they talk to their colleagues, they talk at a level that's far more challenging. And it's almost like the only person I know who still talks like him on TV is Adam Curtis, I think. Yeah. Who, again, isn't an expert. He's an interested man. But he asks questions. Yeah. And, and he, he wants you to as well. And he might be wrong. Because the lovely thing about James Burt, that he he's he's not coming out and saying I'm the world's biggest expert on thermos flasks. Yeah, he has just effectively done what you do with Wikipedia. He's had an interested day diving into Wikipedia. And yeah. Went, oh, oh, I've thought of this now. Yeah. And that idea of doing a television essay with a bunch of stuff in it. Well, what was it? You, you told me about this. The, the BBC when it started, there were departments. Oh, were God. what were they? It was so entertainment department. Yeah. Which was drama and music and things. Yeah. 
maybe news or something. No, like no, that. there wasn't. Oh, the point is there wasn't. David Attenborough talks about it. there was talks. Talks. The talks that's department the thing. Yes, yes. was what became documentaries. That's why when you watch something like Ways of Seeing, it's a man in front of a blue psych going, and this is where um, uh. where Bruegel, and it's just that where you didn't have news on because apparently news on TV was was was. They worried it'd be too visual. It shouldn't be visual. You'll lead with the wrong story. It'll change the news agenda yeah. because you'll go for something with pictures yeah. when it might not be. It might be an economic story might be much more yes. important and relevant to the people watching it's, and it will skew the news agenda. And now, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an idea that you can't, you have to show spectacle and uh, soap opera and personalities yeah. rather than uh, ideas. And the great thing about James Burke is he's just at the crossover of this. Everyone ripped the piss out of him. There's a very good... Um, I can't believe that, looking not, at him now. Literally, he is the, I'll repeat it, yeah. he's the coolest man on the planet. Not that I've got news did a piss take of him which you look up look up James Bloody Burke oh, okay. and, it's, and it's Mel and Griff doing it and they're very very funny you see it can all be summed up in one sentence so why isn't it <laughs> well the basic reason behind all these meaningful stares can be summed up in five words I'm clever but you're stupid <laughs> so you see that's why I can stand around in front of television cameras doing this at peak viewing hours because if you did it You'd be locked up. <laughs> and possibly quite fair, but they're just going... And it's all about... So this is flashy and this is spectacle. Yeah. But what's odd about it is... That's a very British response to it. I'm going to talk to about ideas, like literally yeah. in, a, in a shirt with the sleeves rolled up. Like, oh, you flash bastard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, he's not. He's just in slacks telling you stuff. The main word, he's got ideas above his station because he's not just done it in, in White City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he, but he's, he's an ideas guy. He was really good at TV. And this is from an age where... TV and the flashiness of TV mm. meets just the dying end of them saying we can put ideas and lectures on TV. Yeah. And it's a televised lecture. It's just a have you thought thing. And it's, but he, he ha- makes it so visually interesting. And the, the direct, that one clip oh. that we're talking about, the direction of that is absolutely Off the buzzing. It's brilliant. If, if you see something on TV in a documentary now, that makes you gasp like that, like uh, a, a really good Brian Cox or something like that. Yeah. In a piece of spectacle, it comes from this. This is where this started. Brilliant. And it's it just changed the way you could do it. And it said, big ideas needn't be boring. He did a thing which was basically a man talking about a bunch of ideas he had in a row. And he made it amazing TV. He was he was born to do this. He's just amazing at it. Yeah, he totally is. And I, d- I don't know, does he, has he changed visually at all? Because, I'm, you know, having seen this clip now, like romantically, I'm interested. So, you oh, know, no, he's, if he's, he's still going strong and he looks good in a brown shirt, like, he looks call old, me. He looks older <laughs> and he's still got the same presentation style. Oh, he still does the same journalistic tricks. I'm so sorry, but I think I love him. I think that's only fair. I mean, he is in many ways. I think, actually, the reason I probably loved him is he had the same enthusiasm and brain opening sense of ideas as Johnny Ball did who yeah. was one of my another one of my heroes and I went oh my god grown-ups have got a Johnny Ball I know too exciting yeah and yeah I think a lot of the thing that happens on TV at the moment now is that kids have got a lot of presents and shows from horrible histories onwards that really blow their minds open and say here's a new idea yeah and grown-ups don't we don't do we? that's so sad yeah and it's why people go mad for when a show does break that gives you new ideas. Yeah. But yeah, I think that what I found exciting as a kid, I thought, oh, so when I grow up, there'll be a Johnny Ball for me. Yeah. And it'll be this guy. A lot of this is going over my head. But my God, I'm learning. I feel like I'm learning loads. And also, because it's not about one thing, if I didn't understand that bit about crossbows, there's a bit about uh, a bit about Venice in a minute and I can listen to that. And it's just, oh, it's a grab bag of ideas. It's brilliant. I think it's a visual metaphor, him turning around, pointing at a rocket and it exploding. Yeah is basically what he did to you as a kid. Yes, I was that rocket. And Aww. and and yeah, and I will never be as cool as James Burke pointing at me. Still love you. <laughs>
Now, before you go, uh, would you like to lift the lid and pick a question from the Box of Delights? One from the middle. Oh, OK. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know I do look a lot like her. Um, Oh, this is good. So who is your favourite TV puppet? Before you answer... I am aware there are impressions you might want to do at this stage. Again, you have a pink slip to continue in this vein. Who is your favourite TV puppet? Zippy! It's obviously Zippy. Zippy. Please answer the question as Zippy. Why are you the best TV puppet, Zippy? Uh, Zippy's brilliant. (laughs) Zippy is pure... Do the voice. Zippy is pure Ed. Zippy is pure Will. He's brilliant. It's nice. We realised recently that the the Rainbow Gang are a perfect sitcom. They're a lovely sitcom family. Oh my God, they are. Rod Jane and Freddie alone are a soap opera. Freddie are the funny neighbours, but you've got... Uh, no, we... no, no, they've all married each other. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's what's going on next door. That's the it's George true. and Mildred style of spi- <laughs> spin-off that happens on the other side. But they were both... And we, we, we had this terrible realisation. We realised that, that uh, Zippy was Vivian from The Young Ones and that uh, <laughs> Jeffrey, who's the one who's been in charge and runs the plots and he's basically Mike. Oh, my and God. And jo- George, obviously, is Neil, the hippie, the gentleman. George one. and Neil are the same. And the brilliant realisation is, is, is Bungle is Rick. And the Bungle you, is Rick, yeah, hang on. Because you think Rick Mayall's cool, you forget that Rick, the character, isn't. <gasps> and who's the prick in Rainbow? <laughs> he is a prick. It's oh my God, he's such a prick. <laughs> you can just see Rick cutting round a plate to make something or colouring in and going, bother, everything's got Hands up, who likes me? Is the bunglest thing you can say. Yeah, so I think Bungle is Rick. Was and a huge we thing. know. But Zippy's amazing. The, one, of the great, one of the great tragedies is that Rainbow's not on anymore because it's a really good. Well, I think they should just do a sitcom based on it. It'd be perfect. I mean, it's still, brilliant. it's still really strong in people's memories. We went to we were, we went to, into town today and it were, we were passed by a big fun run, a big charity fun yeah. run. And two women in their, I'd say, early 30s <laughs> were dressed as Bungle. No, so they were dressed as George and Zippy. Yeah. In really, and we really couldn't help but shout out, go on, George and, and Zippy. Zippy yeah. Because they endure, they endure. They're loved. I mean, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, the fond memories of those. I think... There, let's let's be wanky about this. Strong characterisation, you remember it. As they weren't just True. puppets, they were good characters. A lot of the really, really good puppets. I think Sweep is one of the greatest uh, creations the ever. The mute Sweep. Yeah, it's just hilarious as a, as a force of will. <laughs> it's brilliant. But I think, yeah, puppets are good characters. Look at the Muppets. They're just, you have to... You're going to you, choose Zippy over, I don't know, Kermit. Yeah, I think so. But the Muppets are good as well. But if you've just got a felt thing on your hand, it's got to have a huge personality. It's true. Puppeteering is a tricky thing. You did a puppet show. Um, you wrote yeah. you wrote one with your writing partner, yeah, Jason. Yeah. Easily, yeah. um, it was sort of like a rude puppet show, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? And um, I remember you taking, uh, you sent home pictures at the time when you were on set of people lying on skateboards, essentially with their arms in the air, ma- acting their arms, like uh, acting so these hot. characters. It's such a skill. Which is why, I, again, anyone who makes a puppet work as a character, again, you've got to have loads of personality because they can't do very. So it's, you have it's to all just, got to come through a few muscles in your arm and a voice and a face and a piece of design. I, just, I, I think puppetry is God. What a thing to be able to do. Amazing. Zippy it is then. Yeah, Zippy's a god. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at BoxDelightsPod. Come and say hello. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. 
yahoofinance.com.